Well, good morning, everybody. In preparation for today, the Lord just told me, be as simple as you possibly can. And so that's what we're going to do today. I want you to imagine that this is your life. This is you. And what's inside of you is all that you have to give. What you have right here are are different areas of your life. It could be your family. It could be finances. It could be your workplace. It could be your health. It could be a lot of different things. But there are moments in life where you know that you have to pour into certain areas. And so you pour into your family, pour into your kids. Maybe you pour into your workplace or perhaps your, your finances Maybe also your health, you're trying to take some time there to to be healthy. And you pour into these areas just like you should. But what you have to realize is as you continue to pour into these areas, you start depleting yourself. You start depleting the resources that you have to give to those areas. And then when something big comes, let's say there's a tragedy, a family member, a loved one, somebody is sick or perhaps they've died or there's a financial crisis coming your way. And so then you've got to pour a lot of yourself into an area. Or maybe there's a struggle happening in a relationship with a child and you've got to pour even more into that. Or maybe just something's going crazy at work and and you pour more into that and, and you pour everything that you have until all you have is drops. You see, some of you, you're already like, ooh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have come today. (laughs) You only have so much to give out before you have to pour something in. You only have so much to give as a husband or as a wife or as a father or as a a mom or, or whatever it may be, the roles and the functions that you play in life. You only have so much resources that you can dedicate to those areas before you have to fill up. I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, it's time for a break. Now, some of you in the room, you don't know how to take a break. The idea of taking a break doesn't even register. People say, well, you should slow down a little bit. You should stop and smell the roses. And when you hear that, your brain is going, wait a second, I'm going to get in my truck, I'm going to put the four by four on, and I'm going to go run over those roses, and I'm going to go to the next task that I have to get done. Some of us are just wired that way where we just want to go, 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 and you go, 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 and go. But as you continue to go, 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 and go, you have nothing to give. So areas in your life start to suffer. Relationships. You're less productive at work. You're less creative. You're starting to, to feel tired and exhausted and irritable. Don't elbow somebody. Moody, short-tempered. You see, we have to fill up. Now, for some of you, maybe you do know how to take a break. And you just need kind of the gentle reminder of of the ebb and flow of life and and how you just have to to fill in. And, And you just have to fill up on those daily basis and that 
what God has asked us to do. Because he's put it in scripture very easily for us to see. Others of you, you just feel spread thin. Everything in your life feels like it's depleting you. Well, it's time to let someone fill you up. Turn to your neighbor and say, you need to take a break. Now add this, you need to take a break before you break. My first point is take a break to rest. Take a break to rest. In the very beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, starting verse 2, it says, By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. From the very beginning of time, we see that God instituted a pattern of work and rest. Now, for some of you, you're thinking, well, did God really need to take a break? I don't think God needed to take a break, but what I think God was trying to show us was that a pattern of life, a pattern of putting out, of producing, of creating, but then a pattern of also taking back and sitting back and reflecting on what has been created. You need to learn to take a break. Rest. In that scripture, the word rest means to stop exerting yourself. In fact, the imagery that this word produces basically says you need to sit down and be still. Now I know you're thinking it's getting awkward. <laughs> it's supposed to. Some of you need to learn to sit down and to settle down and to just be. Take a rest. Have you ever heard someone say, like, hey, you, you know, you're really working hard. You should take a break today. Or, hey, like, you've been going really hard for a long time. And, like, it, you know what? You, you need to go on a date or you need to, you need to just take some time for yourself. And we're like, no, 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 no. I got it. I got it. I got it. I'm, I'm strong. Like, I can do this. And, well, let me give you the imagery of a small child. You ever see a small child who needs a nap? And they are just like, ah! they're like, you didn't give them a Cheerio or something. Oh, my Cheerio ground, ah! And you're like, honey, it's time for a nap. And no, I don't want to take a nap. I want my Cheerio. And like this just, and then it's like, no, honey, you need to take a nap. And, and so you, you pick up your child and, and you, you, you know, you lay them down or you hold them, whatever. You're no. And let's be real for a minute. Just because you're not a child doesn't mean that you don't need to take a rest sometimes too. You may not be as demonstrative as that, but you get a little irritable. Your fuse gets a little shorter. You start to take it out on people around you and really it just means that you need to take a break. 
When you don't take a break, you start to get bags under your eyes. You're not resting well. You're less creative. You you can't produce as much as you need to at work. And and perhaps you start even to get sick because you're not sleeping enough and you're not taking that time to replenish your soul. Just yesterday, my family, we we were driving from Bakersfield uh, back home here and you know, we were on the road and, and we were driving and we're about an hour and a half in and, and somebody goes, I need to go to the bathroom. Okay, let's pull over. We'll go to the bathroom. Get back on the road. All right, we're on our way home. You know, it's, it's, it's a few hour drive. I'm like, okay, we got to get home. I got to preach tomorrow. We got to get home. So we're on the road again. And then about 45 minutes, an hour later, somebody says, I got to go to the bathroom. Okay, pull over, go to the bathroom again. We get in the car ride and then, you know, then we're like in traffic. I mean, we are moving slow and when stuff is moving slow, frustration levels get high and just a little bit further down the road, somebody goes, um, I got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) We just went to the bathroom. Are you serious? We're 47 minutes from the house. (laughs) Hold it. We stop, we go to the bathroom, get down the road a little bit more. My daughter, she goes, Daddy, don't be mad. I got to go to the bathroom. (laughs) We're 17 minutes from the house. Can you hold it, please? Two minutes goes by. Daddy, I'm going to go to the bathroom. Okay, we're getting over. So we stop. We go to the bathroom. Get back in the car. And by this point, I am just like frustrated. I mean, how dare my children have to go to the bathroom? And you know, it really is our fault that we're hydrating our children enough that they have to go to the bathroom this much. I mean, I was irrational. It's a bodily function. You've got to do it. Yes. I get home and I'm just like, God, why am I so frustrated about this? And God said, well, you're really frustrated about this because you're tired. Because that night before, I had been woken up four times that night. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm really being irrational in my thinking. Like, people got to go to the bathroom. Can't expect them to hold it for four hours, five hours. They got to go to the bathroom. You, when you don't take a break or you're not resting, you get irrational. You get emotional. It's hard. It's hard to do life. In the world, we can see examples of how people build in rest. They do it into the workplace. Okay, you've got a 10-minute break or a 15-minute break. If you're a sports person, they have what are called timeouts. They do 20-second, 30-second, 60-second timeouts. And in this time, it's just to give their players a chance to <gasps> take a breath and then maybe get back out there. Or maybe it's a chance to kind of strategize and get a new play to go back in the game or to stop the momentum of the other team. Whatever it may be, you've got to learn to take those breaks so that you can continue to push forward. 
If you're a person who likes to exercise, you know that you can't just work out 24-7 all day long, every day. You will not be able to do it. You have to take a break before you break. My second point is we've got to take a break to reflect. Take a break to reflect. God just didn't show us from the very beginning of creation that we need to rest. He actually put it in the Ten Commandments. The Lord gave the Ten Commandments to the Hebrews after they had escaped slavery. And as they've escaped slavery, and now they're building a foundation of their people. They're building their lives upon these Ten Commandments that the Lord is putting before them. And on the fourth commandment, he says, you need to rest. You need to take a Sabbath day. And that's where we pick up Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servant, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. That word Sabbath, it means to cease and it means to desist. A Sabbath day is a day to reflect, a day to reflect on creation, a day to reflect on what God has done in our lives, a day to celebrate who God is. Now, if you've ever like stared at the Ten Commandments in the Bible, I don't know if you've ever really noticed this, but God spends more time, which means more words, describing a Sabbath day, a rest day, than any other commandment. Did you know that? He spends more time on that than anything else. When we look at the Ten Commandments, we also look at it and, and we go, okay, yeah, don't murder, yep, don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't do this, yep, yep, yep. And we go, yes, there's consequences for those things. But why is it we look at that one, Sabbath, and think there's no consequence if we keep it or don't keep it? There are consequences when you don't take a Sabbath, when you don't build that pattern of rest into your life. In fact, it was so serious in this culture that it was a crime if you did any work. In the Jewish culture, their life pivoted around resting and worshiping the Lord. No work could be done on that day. Trade could not be done on that day. Food wasn't even supposed to be cooked on that day. You were supposed to do that the day before to prepare for the next day. Because on that day, you were supposed to shut down and you were supposed to rest and refuel on the Lord. In verse 11, it says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. That word made, it means to create, to produce, to work, but it also means to breathe out. If we look at those scriptures again in, in, in Genesis where he's talking about how he's created everything on those first six days, it's meaning that he is speaking those things into existence that he is breathing out. 
And then when we look at this word rested, I already told you that it means to sit down, but what it also means is to breathe in. So when God created in those six days, on that seventh day, he breathed in. If you've ever been stressed or your heart's ever been racing before, sometimes you just have to take a deep breath to kind of slow it down, to kind of recalibrate your life. In the modern world, people don't really respect the Sabbath day. In fact, what most people treat a Sabbath day, they treat it like a catch-up day. That's the day I've got to catch up on everything that I didn't do this week or I should have done or, you know, all the extra work and I've got to take my work with me home every day and I, you know, that day I was supposed to spend with my family. Nope, I've got to, got to do this, I've got to do that. We so overschedule ourselves that you're never resting. Don't use the Sabbath day as a catch-up day because it will catch up to you. Don't use the Sabbath day as a catch-up day because it will catch up to you. I know some of you are thinking, but what if there's an emergency? You mean I can't attend to that emergency? Look, Jesus says in Luke 14, 5, if you have an emergency, he says, look, if your son or your ox or something falls into a well, and uh, yes, by all means, go save them, rescue them. So great, if you have an emergency in life, I get it. Take time, attend to the emergency. But how many of you know there are some of you that seem to always have an emergency. You know what I'm talking about? Always seem to have an emergency in life. I'm going to make a comment. Don't throw anything. If you always have an emergency in life, at some point you've got to look at yourself and be like, I am a bad steward of my time. The scripture very clearly says that we need to work six days and we need to rest on the seventh day. If you have to bring work with you every seventh day, then you are a bad steward of your time. You need to do things differently, rearrange things in your life so that you can get those things done and so that you can have a day to rest and recover and reflect In verse 11, it also says, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Did you know that God blesses you when you rest? He will bless your job. He's going to bless your relationships. He's going to bless your finances. He's going to bless your health. Some of you are missing the blessing because you're not resting Take the time and reflect and allow God to bless you. And I get it. There's an issue of trust that comes into play here. But God, what if I, what if I don't do this? Like, well, you, you know, we're, we're not going to make this or we're not going to make that. It becomes an issue of trust. Do you trust God? Look, there are some Christian companies out there that have figured this out and they are very successful. Chick-fil-A, Hobby Lobby, these companies shut down completely one day a week and yet they still do fabulous. 
But yet we live in a fear that if I do that, we're not going to be able to make it. And I get it. Some of you are thinking, yes, but you know, I don't own my own business. I'm just employed by somebody else and they kind of schedule me whenever and I don't always know. And look, I get it. I don't want to be legalistic about it. But what I will say is you've got to learn to take one day in seven to rest. That may not be Sunday. It may be Tuesday or it may be Thursday. Whatever it is for you, you need to do it and you need to allow that to take place. The third point is take a break to refuel. Take a break to refuel. In Matthew 11, Jesus is speaking to the people and he says this, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus says, come to me and I will give you rest. God will refuel you for the next task at hand. It's crucial that you go to the Lord. Now, when Jesus was speaking, he was speaking this to an audience and the audience would have heard this on, on multiple levels. He talks about that yoke well, in, in the Jewish culture, a yoke represented like basically the Mosaic law and all of these laws that had been multiplied and humans had added to them and what once was 10 commandments had now become over 600 rules and regulations. And so it was people trying to carry this heavy yoke around their neck and trying to live and operate and it wasn't a delight, it was a burden. Another audience would have heard that, that this yoke is, is the sin, it's the, the heaviness, the, the, the things that we carry around in life that are destroying us, it's the evil. And he's saying, if you will come to me and learn from me, your yoke will become easy, your yoke will become light. It doesn't mean that it just evaporates and, and vanishes. It just means that you're learning to do it Christ's way. You're learning to live the way that he has shown us to live. I want you to imagine a child who is just kind of worn out and you can kind of see it and they're kind of looking a little pathetic and a little like, you know, they got the, the puppy dog eyes and, and, and they just want to be held. So the child goes up to mom or dad and, and you pick them up and as soon as you hold them, they go, because they can rest in your arms. The worries, the issues, the things of life, they go away for a moment as they can rest in your arms. There's a sense of security, a sense of safety, a sense of trust that's how we need to approach our heavenly father. He has his arms extended for you and I, but we just need to go to him and say, okay, I'm ready to be picked up. I'm ready. And as you trust him with your life, as you trust him with the things that are going on, then you will begin to live differently. You will not work so that you can take a day of rest. You will rest and out of your rest, you will be able to work better. 
Crawl into the arms of your loving Savior because his arms are strong. And when he holds you, everything's going to be okay. Turn to your neighbor and say, take a break before you break. Now, I told you earlier that we need to fill up when we're empty. So how do we do that? I'm going to give you some practical steps, but the best illustration I can come up with is you've got to go to the source of life itself. You've got to go to Christ, to the well that never runs dry, and fill up. You've got to go to Christ, the well that never runs dry, and fill up. When you learn how to do this, you learn to see life differently. You can be facing obstacles and challenges, but somehow when you fill up with Christ on a regular basis, you have peace when it doesn't make sense. Your world could be in absolute chaos, but somehow you have joy even when it doesn't make sense. You're looking at your bank account and the bills are due and you don't know what's going to happen, but somehow you know that God's going to provide. When you live here, when you fill here, and by the way, God never runs dry. You can always go back and fill up. You see the world differently. That's why we're supposed to live a life out of rest. I know some, of pe some people think, well, you know, if I rest, then, then that means that I'm being lazy. Rest isn't being lazy. Rest is following the pattern and the creation that God set for us. I know some of you are thinking, well, rest, rest is just a luxury. It's not a luxury. It's a necessity. Well, rest doesn't really affect my life. It sure does. You can ask your spouse. You can ask your kids. You can ask your boss. Rest affects every part of your life. When you don't take a rest, stuff starts to happen. You're stressed out. You're worried. Maybe you start getting ulcers. Maybe you, you have a heart attack. Maybe things just kind of get chaotic. Your body starts to even break down when you don't know how to live out of rest. My point to you today is don't be forced to take a rest. Choose to take a rest. Don't be forced. Choose to take a rest. It will be much more enjoyable for you. So what are some practical steps? The first step is you got to schedule it. For some of you, you got to put it in your phone because if you don't, you're going to fill it up with something else. So what do I write in my phone? You can write nothing in capital letters. Somebody says, oh, hey, let's do this. So we've got to work here. I'm like, no, 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 I've got an appointment. Well, it's with nothing. What? <laughs> yes, my appointment is to do nothing. My appointment is to rest. I've scheduled it. <laughs> it's in here. Don't you violate it. Schedule it. For some of you, you need to schedule a date night. For some of you, you need to schedule a vacation. You need to schedule something that you can look forward to. My wife, I know that she loves if something's on the calendar because she looks forward to it. 
Okay, I've got a date night. Okay, I've got a, a, a girls of thing I'm going to do here. Okay, we've got vacation coming. And it just helps her to be able to face the daily challenges, the daily things, because she knows that something's coming. She knows the reward is coming. She knows that time of refilling is coming. So what does it look like to take a day of rest? This is the biggest qualification. If it depletes you, don't do that. If it's what you do for a living, don't do that. Do something completely other. It may just be time with the family. It may be going to a movie. It may be doing something fun. I would say these are the two criteria. You should have some sort of a spiritual element where you spend some time with the Lord, but also it needs to have a fun element where you just do something you enjoy. That may be hiking. That may be, you know, going out with the girls and getting a mani-pedi. That may be, you know, going shooting with the boys or going playing basketball or whatever it may be. That may be reading a book for you. I don't know what it is for you. That's different for everyone. But something that fills you up doesn't drain you. For some of you, you're like, well, what if I need to do a project at the house? Like, it's my day off. Like, is that okay to do that on, on my Sabbath day? Look, I'm not here to be legalistic with you, but I will say this. If it is work to you, don't do it. Some of you, you love to be creative. You love to build things and great, go for it. If that's not work to you, then enjoy it. For some of you, you think, oh, I've got to do the lawn. And you're like, that's work. I have a confession to make. I'm a weirdo. I like to mow my lawn. There's something about like the crisp lines <laughs> next to the cement where it's just a perfect line. And then when you mow the grass and everything is the same height and then you see those perfect lines on the grass, you feel like you're looking at a major league baseball field, like the lines are just perfect. For me, that's not work. For me, that is rest. I know, it's weird, but when I'm mowing the lawn and I'm like, yes, like, I love these lines. <laughs> but also what happens when I'm mowing the lawn is I am maybe praying. I'm thinking about things that are not work. I just kind of go into my nothing box. And before you think of it, I'm not mowing your lawn because that would be work. When I do my own lawn, it's good. For some of you, you need to learn to change your place. What do I mean by that? If you are at home on your day off and, and everywhere you look, it seems to be work, then maybe you just got to leave for a few hours. Just go sit at a park. Go to a library. Go to a coffee shop. Somewhere where you can find a place that you can rest and just be but the biggest thing that you have to do is you have to give yourself permission to fill up. Fill up because we cannot live well if you haven't filled up from the well. You need to fill up with the Lord. That's how he's designed it from the very beginning. You know, I, I have another confession to make. Pastors are really bad at taking a day off. Several years ago, a family reached out to us and they said, hey, would you like to go on a vacation with us? And I'm like, okay, you know, well, what are we going to do? And 
They go RVing uh, at the Colorado River. You kind of get your own little private beach, little peninsula area. It's a pretty cool setup. And so I get out there, you know, we set everything up and it's looking good. And I'm like, okay, well, what are we going to do? They look at me and they're like, nothing. Nothing? Yeah, nothing. There's not a schedule? No. And so, you know, we're sitting there and, and you know, they, they kind of go sit in a lawn chair and, you know, they kind of read a book or maybe they take a little nap or maybe they go out on a float into the water and, and then, you know, maybe they get on a jet ski for a little bit and then they come back and they take a nap and they read a book and they're doing this and I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, it's been 20 minutes. <laughs> I don't know how to do nothing. For some of you, you're great at it. For others of us, we're horrible. I'm one of those where I'm like, I'm, a, I'm on a schedule. Okay, well, what's the schedule? What time are we doing this activity? What time is breakfast? What time is lunch? What time is, you know, the bonfire? What time is, it's, no, we do nothing. Well, what if you get hungry? You just go grab something whenever you feel like it. It's chaos. For me, like that first day, I was, I just felt so awkward. Like I didn't know what to do. Like I'm laying in my chair and I'm like looking at everybody else and I'm like, am I doing this right? Like, I don't, I don't know how to do this. Like just to sit here and, and not do anything. You know, day two, it gets a little easier. Day three gets a little easier. By day four, I didn't know what day it was anymore. I didn't know what time of day it was anymore. There was no need for a clock. All the things that I was thinking about in life, like me, they were gone. I was in complete rest. We need to learn to rest because that's what God has created us to work out of rest. For some of you, this is crucial for you to hear today. Because God is telling you that you need to take a break before you break. And I get it. You're thinking, I'm strong enough. I can do it. Is your family strong enough? Are your finances strong enough? Is your health strong enough? Don't leave the people that you love in a path of destruction because you won't take a break. Create a system in your family where it's something that you look forward to. Today's family day. You don't have to go spend a bunch of money. It could just be, hey, we're going to play games or, hey, we're going to go to the, the pool or whatever it may be. Go play sports, whatever. Watch a movie as a family. A family day. A day to rest. Remember, take a break before you break. God wants his children to live, to be refreshed, to be refueled. He doesn't want you to live just out of exhaustion. Come to him. Be that little child who is crawling into the arms of the Savior, saying, okay, God, I trust you. And take a rest in his strong arms.
Something amazing happens when you take a break. You become more creative. You become more productive. You become a better friend, a better spouse, a better parent when you learn to live out of rest. For some of you, this is pastor's instructions today. You need to take a nap today. For some of you, you need to maybe sit down as a family and put some vacation days or a day off. This day our family's going to do this. As we conclude today, I want to pray. I'm going to pray two prayers, but my first prayer is just go ahead and close your eyes. I just want to give a moment of privacy because I get it. Maybe God's really speaking to you. If you're here today and you would say that you are struggling to take a break or you're at a point of exhaustion in life, or perhaps you're worried about someone that you know who's at a point of exhaustion and that breaking point, I ask that you would just lift up your hand. Yeah. Hands all over the room. I'm going to pray a prayer right now. And in your mind, I want you to imagine that you are that pitcher of water that's empty and that you are going to that well of Christ and he's about to fill you up. God, you see the hands in this place. You see the obstacles, the, the challenges that they are facing, Lord, whether that may be financially, whether that may be just in their health, whether it may be in the relationships. But God, I pray that right now that we would make the commitment to be filled by you. Lord, I pray that you would give supernatural peace to those chaotic moments in life. Lord, that you would bring a joy even when it seems like there should be no joy. God, that you would bring hope. Lord, that you would bring uh, just a rekindling of romance and love, a rekindling of appreciation for our kids. God, I pray that you begin to speak life. And I also pray, Lord, that you would begin to show the areas of change that need to take place. God, I pray that conversations happen later today where people shift some priorities in their life to say, we're going to do it God's way, not my way. We're going to do a second prayer now. Perhaps you're here today and you've never asked Jesus into your life. That's the first step to finding the supernatural rest. It's saying, I need you, Christ. I'm a sinner and I need you to come in and lead my life. We as a church community, we're going to pray collectively together. Dear Jesus, oh no, I said together. Dear Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I need you. I believe in you. Lead my life. I don't want to do it without you. I surrender all my ways to you. Thank you, God, for being my savior. Thank you, God, for being my rest. In Jesus' name, amen.
Hey, if you said that, I want to let you know that right now in heaven, they are throwing a party for you. They are so excited. That's the best decision that you have ever made. But it's just the starting point. In a few moments, my, my prayer team is going to come up and, and they're going to have a tool with them. It's a free gift for you. It's called the next seven days. Because we don't want to just kind of throw you out there. We want to give you a place to begin from, a place to walk with, uh, uh, where to go. And I know, oh, I don't want to talk to anybody. Look, you just say, hey, can I get that, that booklet? They'll be happy to give that to you. No questions asked. And I know you think, well, I got to get out of here. The kids line gets crazy. I want to get out of there. Okay. Look, even as you're way out today, there's a television screen out there that says next seven days, you can go out there and grab the booklet out there too. But we don't want anybody to leave today without taking one of those if you've given your heart to the Lord. Can we give a hand for all those that have given their heart to the Lord today? And can we also welcome up Pastor Zach? Hey, why don't we thank Pastor Nick for that message this morning? That was awesome. I have to say that in this service, I was a little bit disappointed that he said it was work to mow other people's lawn because I was gonna send you to the info center right after the service if you would like for Pastor Nick to come and mow your lawn next weekend. But he already cut that off. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Nick, for that message. That was fantastic. We're gonna give, we're gonna bring our tithes and our offerings into God's house here in just a moment. I wanna give you a moment to prepare to do that. There's a few different ways up on the screen that you can give this morning if you'd like. Pick whatever's most convenient for you. And we just thank you so much for your generosity. Before we give today, I just wanna kind of piggyback a thought onto what Pastor Nick shared this morning. He was talking about doing things God's way. God has laid out this pattern that if we will honor him, scripture says, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy, that it will be holy. When we honor God, when we do it his way by having a day of rest, and then he gives us six for work, it's a holy day. It's pleasing unto God. But when we choose not to do it his way, what we're saying is, God, if I do it my way and I work all seven, I can produce more in seven than you can in six. And God says, but if you'll do it my way, I'll bring blessing into your life. It'll be holy in my sight. Can I tell you this morning that the same exact principle applies to our finances. God says, bring me your first, bring the tithe into the storehouse and test me in this. See if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out blessing into your life. One of the biggest challenges that so many of us have when it comes to our giving and honoring God with our finances, we think that if we do it our way, we can get more at the end. And God says, no, if you'll do it my way, watch and see if I don't pour out blessing into your life. And I just want to take a moment and say thank you so much for your generosity and for your faithfulness in giving. I say this all the time, and you might hear it a lot, but we recognize that we are able to do what we do as a church because of a faithful God and faithful people. God says, hey, honor me first, and this is a church full of people who have made the decision to do that. You put God first in the area of your finances, and as a result, we are a blessed church doing so much in this community, throughout this nation, and around the world through our partnerships. So thank you, thank you, thank you for your generosity and your faithfulness. We are incredibly grateful. Our ushers are coming right now to receive our tithes and our offerings this morning. And as we give, give confidently, and let's watch church news together. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Bridge. My name is Nancy, and I want to give you a very special welcome today. We hope that you enjoy your morning in church and that you and your family have a wonderful time. 
We are excited for everything this new season has in store for our church. We hope you find your place and be a part of what's happening this fall at The Bridge. Here's a look at what's coming up. Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. This is a night for men of all ages, and we want to encourage you to come. It doesn't matter if you're single, married, have kids, or don't. These nights are a great opportunity to come and be encouraged by other guys who want to grow in their walk with God. It's also a great opportunity to just make some new friends. This month, we will be talking about what it means to be a man of God in the workplace, a topic that's relevant to all of us. So make your plans to be here this Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. for Bridge Men. If you're new to the Bridge, we want to personally invite you to stop by the Info Center before you go today. Take a few minutes to come and say hi. Our team would love to meet you and help you get connected in the church. They can also answer any questions that you might have about the church. For general info and to stay up to date, be sure to check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. You can also download the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app to 77977. Thanks again for spending your morning with us. We love spending Sundays with you. Awesome. Just a couple quick things before we go today. You know, this month there are all kinds of awesome ways to show our generosity and help other people out. And that as we enter into this Thanksgiving season, we just want to let you know about a couple of those things. Right after service, we have a couple of tables out in the foyer. You saw in church news that youth convention is coming up in a couple of months' time. That's for all junior high and high school students who want to be a part of that. They'll be uh, do, receiving registrations this month and next month for youth convention. And if you'd like to sponsor a student to go, sometimes it's difficult for all students to be able to afford to go to youth convention. If you have it in your heart to sponsor a student, a student or maybe more than one, we would love to give you that opportunity. You can stop by the table in the corner of the foyer. Before you go today, they'll give you all of the info there. Just look for the youth convention graphic there on the screen and they'll give you all that information and you can find out how you can sponsor a student. And then on top of that, we want to let you know last week we started talking about our Thanksgiving meal bags that we will be giving to people through our community care program this year on the Sunday before Thanksgiving. Many of you responded quickly to that and we, uh, are filling up Thanksgiving meal bags that are already being collected this morning. Many of you brought those and you left them there at the back of your car to be picked up when you got to church. Thank you so much for that. We want to let you know that there is still a bit of a need there. We could still do about 50 to 60 more turkeys for families in need at Thanksgiving season this year. So if you would like to purchase a turkey, just stop by the community care table out there in the foyer. They'll give you all the details and we would love to partner with you in helping some people to have an even better Thanksgiving this year than they would if it wasn't for your generosity. So Thank you so much. Check that out. And together, let's just make a difference in some people's lives this year. Have you enjoyed being in church this morning? Awesome. Hey, we love you. Have a great Sunday. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you next weekend. God bless you.